Podmoth. makeshift stairs and stood a moment on the edge of the glass dome. Lens, he reminded himself. This is a lens. He had to keep the thought at the forefront of his mind or risk the awful vertigo of hiking across the glass with nothing but galaxies and nebulas below. Such a vertigo had made him vomit last time he tried to take a peek, but Mo had pretended not to notice the ant of a man throw up on the lens of his telescope. Mo was a few thousand miles too tall to be human, but his many years of working with Kareem had given him some understanding of the earthly concept of embarrassment. Mo was endlessly curious about the emotions of humans, all of them foreign to him except two. The fear Mo inflicted upon the human race when he appeared around their moon was all too familiar to him and he regularly apologized to Kareem for it, although they both knew he'd had no choice. What Kareem felt now, what pushed him to walk across miles of telescope lens, was the other emotion for which Mo needed no explanation. Kareem was homesick, and Mo couldn't blame him. Kareem finally reached the point on the lens that softly glowed the perfect shades of green and blue, he stared down at his home. How far, Kareem thought. The thought traveled down his shoulder into the antenna hidden in his arm, he sometimes forgot was robotic, and directly into Moe's head. Moments later, he heard Moe's reply like a whisper at the nape of his neck. A few trillion of your light years. And you can get me there? In a few of your wokes. Weeks? Yes, weeks. But Kareem looked up at Mo and saw lakes in the corners of his eyes. They'd discussed the journey before. The power necessary to travel that distance within a lifetime was not something Earth would ever be capable of, and Mo's people had sworn to never again leave their own galaxy. For the sickness which Kareem saved them had come from beyond, and that was a risk they could not take again. Kareem was asking for a one-way trip. 
Kareem's ship was ready days later. Most people gathered to send off the tiny creature who'd saved them. Kareem felt their songs like the winds of great mountains. Their fireworks painted the sky like the birth, death, and rebirth of suns. Mo carried him through it all on the tip of his finger. And when he set him on the launch pad, Mo asked, Kareem of Earth, of all that we owe you, you have asked only to return. Of all that you have given us, we ask only that you speak once more. Kareem looked up to the Colossi, and for the millionth time, words failed him. He gazed upon a people with hearts the size of islands and felt grateful to have never been stepped on. Thank you, he thought to them all. Thank you. He got into the ship and waited for the explosion of engines or the whirl of some mind-bending technology. He felt the ship rise and set itself onto Moe's palm. Of course, Kareem thought as Mo pulled his arm back. Goodbye, Moon Man, he thought to Mo as he was thrown faster than the speed of light. Kareem awoke in a hospital bed with a view of the Cascade Mountains. They looked to him like bumps on the horizon. A man in a dark suit sat in the corner of the room. Tangles of wires ran from Kareem to a machine beeping behind him. There's our guy. Kareem glanced at him and then to his arm or lack thereof. Where's my arm? Your arm is the most advanced technology we've ever seen. We're gonna need some answers, Kareem. Kareem looked out the window. Mountains. What was that thing? Mo? He's a person. People can't hold moons. He can. Well, can you tell us where this Mo is? A few trillion light years away. That's impossible. Tell me about it. What did it want? He needed my help. He... His people were sick. They'd contracted some kind of virus. Why you? Why not a doctor or a scientist? Because I'm the guy. Hmm. What was the disease? It was... It was war. What? They had started dividing themselves into groups and killing each other. They thought they must have been sick, that a virus must have infiltrated their minds, so they scoured all of space for a remedy. <laughs> they were right. I saw the virus myself. I walked through their ears and into their brains, and every time, there it was. Their heads are so massive that their brains are their own ecosystems. Some had deserts, some had plains. In each of them I found it, a spider of brambles growing and consuming whatever it could reach. It was the worst in Mo. That's why he'd been the one to come get me. The space between his ears was a dense forest and every tree was draped in ropes of thorns. I hacked at it for days. When I finally held the root in my hand, it dug itself into my palm and started reaching up my wrist, crushing bone. So I did what I had to do. If it had gotten much higher, it would have been too late. Mo made me the arm. 
He gave it more tools than I could ever need, but he wanted to be sure I'd be safe. Now give it back. We need to run some more tests. I can show you how it works. Not on the arm. On you. What? Why? Your vitals say you're telling the truth. Isn't that a good thing? How long did all of that take you? Helping those... people? Years? It felt like decades. Mr. Howard, you disappeared with that Mo three weeks ago. We found you in the wreckage of a crashed ship two nights ago. You shouldn't even be back from the moon yet. After sufficient testing and interrogation, Kareem finally left the hospital with his arm reattached. He was dropped off in the driveway of the house that doctors insisted he'd seen two weeks ago. He inched through the halls that now felt as foreign to him as the brain of a massive alien. He sat on his still unmade bed and told himself he was home. When night fell, he picked up the half-empty beer that waited for him on his back porch. Kareem sat back down in a chair that faced the stars and wished for a hand to reach out from behind the moon. Void Me Under the Moon 
by Amy Escobar. Waded out into still waters to meet the moon hanging low and red, to sink into her reflection, rippling rusted round my body. It's so quiet here, and heavy limbs float listlessly. I am a ghastly, angelic spirit drifting in outer space. I had been thinking of her again. Thinking. What a funny way of saying a deep and hallowed longing that rears up in your chest and kicks you in the gut. Haunted horses with hooves meant to run. Less thought than viscera. A feral musky beast. Snapping teeth, low growls, screams and stamping feet. Something like longing for the way she would hold me. The shifts are subtle. Little twitch of the hand before it begins to levitate. Oh, so very slowly, it begins to reach. The siren sounds, howling hot and glowing, hovering overhead. I'm listening now. I'm trying to listen. Should have listened sooner. But we do our best. Lying still is the best I can do. And it is a toil, a task, a sick kind of test. A nightgown girl in an old darkened house staring down a rattling door, a strange glow in her eyes. A marionette doll arm. The string threaded through her hand, pulled by something unseen. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. Anyone watching aghast would ask, how could she be so stupid? And who could blame them, really? But it's different when you're in the house. When you're the girl with the flickering candle. When you know there's no escape. And you put your eye to the keyhole to make sense of the shifting shapes. And with your ear against the wood grain, they begin to whisper, so soft and sweet. Shadows know best what you want to hear. Play upon your hubris, your insecurities, your fears. Little heralds come to sing your praises. And you think that maybe for the first time, you're being seen. She used to say words like hymnals. She'd sing. A babbling brook of cosmic poetry wove constellations out of me, made me believe in my divinity. Cities erected in my name, crowned and carved in stone. Her queen. I have faced the masses that would die for me, held torches to their churches, set blaze their offerings. I can watch a tower burn, make smoke of your idolatry. But I am weak for memory, remembering 
the way I could burrow into your body. You would wrap your arms around me and say it was your favorite place to be. Miss it all the time. Makes me want to scream and plead. Come back. I miss you, please. Hold me. But I let the door rattle. I let the whispers hiss and whip the air, catch strands of my hair. But I do not speak, do not move, dare not breathe. I found some of her letters yesterday. Pledges, promises, oaths, set on parchment, bound in string. She had such a taste for tangible things. Understood the power of speaking words in ceremony. I learned to fear her knowing of what a spell could be. But she was not so wicked. And I was not so weak. Neither wanted to let go. But at last, I had to leave. I pried her fingers from my skin. Her eyes were wide. She screamed. I told her, I'm so sorry and left her there, burning. Now I trace the crimson handprints as my mind drifts out to sea, and my body sinks deeper into something else that can envelop me. I love you. Let me be. Let me curl up in this womb, look into my mother's hovering face, rosy, beaming in the night, as she rocks me slow to sleep. Persephone was a friend of mine Warm hair and honey eyes Taken from her mother's side Persephone was a friend of mine She sailed so far away from me I didn't miss what I didn't see 
closed over her head. Thought that I'd never see her again. She slipped into the lion's den. Oh God, what have you
The Ugly Radio is a production of Ugly Radio Presents and is a part of the Podmoth Network. Tonight's episode was produced by Andrew Shanks. Tonight's segments were Kareem of Earth by Darian Alexander, performed by Jesse Smith, music by Claudio. I Can't Imagine Us, music by Combe, available on his album Moss Covered Soul on Spotify and Apple Music. Void Me Under the Moon, written by Amy Escobar and performed by Alyssa Catabriga. Musical guest tonight was Dogwood with Persephone. Their album, Persephone is Dead, Long Live Persephone, is available now on Bandcamp. Title song provided by Unknown Citizen. Comment, send questions, and request to theuglyradio at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This episode could not happen without Patreon members and supporters. To become a Patreon member, visit patreon.com slash theuglyradio. And give a listen to other podcasts on the Podmoth Network. Podmoth is a tirelessly curated collection of weird, odd, and macabre podcasts perfect for the winter season. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in the void. love unraveling a good old-fashioned whodunit? Oh honey, me too. I'm Alicia, armchair detective and host of Dead On, a true crime podcast. Join me every Friday. We'll dive into a case that scratches your itch for true crime, dark history, and mystery. Streaming now, everywhere you love to listen.